Hi, and welcome to Drawing Inspiration. I am your host, Mike Hendley. Episode 64, Reflections, Creating with Mushroom Ink, and Social Media. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad you were able to join me again this week. I don't have a guest this week because I thought it would be an interesting time to kind of reflect on some of the things that have been happening recently and talking about social media. This will be a much shorter episode than normal, and then we'll get back to a guest for the next one in two weeks' time. So I hope you've been doing okay. I have, uh, to be honest, been struggling a little bit over the last, I'm going to say, couple of months, uh, having points when I'm feeling quite down. And I have so much (laughs) to be thankful for and happy about. But there are times, especially as creatives, where I think, and I've heard this from others, so I'm kind of grouping all of us in here, but uh, where things can get challenging, and it happens for different reasons. And so I thought I would just lead with this, because I think we don't talk often enough about those challenges that we have and how we struggle with it. And sometimes those beautiful pieces that, that people are sharing there's a lot of struggle around that, and there's a lot of challenge that came with kind of producing that piece, whether it's around the piece itself, or it was that there were external kind of influences that made it very difficult. And it could just be a struggle in our own heads. And so I just, I like to talk about this every so often, because you may be going through that right now. And I wanted to talk through this just so that you heard the voice to say, it's it's okay to not be okay. And I just want to talk through it a little bit so we can get to a place where maybe we both can grow and you have an opportunity to um, to hear me talk about it because I don't, the stuff I'm about to say, I've not said out loud. So it helps me to kind of work through that. And then by sharing what I'm sharing, maybe it will help you, if not now, maybe in a week, two weeks, a month, a year from now. So, you know, I think in creating that the work that we do, there's always that imposter syndrome. There's that rejection or fear of rejection or even success. Uh, I go through this every single time I publish a podcast episode. I release it and I'm I'm elated and excited and generally feel very positive about releasing an episode. But there's also, I don't know what it is, but there's this feeling of emptiness sometimes. And it's not huge, but it's it's just kind of when you release something, you're looking for something else to take its place. And I'm not sure what this is. I am not well-versed in this area, but I just wanted to say that it is something I go through. And it could be, it is with the podcast episode. Sometimes it's with art. When I publish a piece, it's like, uh, okay, now what do I do? And it's real. It happens to me all the time. And I've heard it that other people go through this as well. And it is a struggle to work with. Sometimes it, it's momentary. It could be an hour. It could be 10 minutes. It could be a few days, depending on what it is. And, um, you know, it's it creating is, is it's deeply personal and it's hard. And, you know, you may work on a piece and realize, oh, this isn't the piece I wanted. Maybe I'm just a, a phony. Maybe I'm not a good artist. And, you know, when we've got these kind of one-way conversations with uh, (laughs) these artists we don't know on Instagram or anywhere else online, it can be hard because you're ranking yourself against them. You don't know their journey. You don't know where they've come from, where they're going. You don't know what they're doing today. And it's, it's really hard. And I get caught up in that as well, where you're looking at someone's piece and you're thinking, oh, 
I thought I was good yesterday, but <laughs> looking at this work, I'm no good today. I, I don't have an easy solution, except that, you know, you're on your own journey and you're going to get where you need to go. And part of that journey is just experiencing that, these ups and downs along the way. And it it can be hard, but I think you need to look at it in, in a way that, you know, that what you're doing is unique. No one else can do what you're doing. You can pull from what other people do and roll that up into your own little recipe, but you're the only person that can do what you do. And you may not be where you want to be, but the fact that you're on the journey, that's huge. Like to, to, to take a creative journey is massive. And you know, whether it's full-time, like there's there's all kinds of pressure around doing this full-time and and you know if you're supporting others or if you're just supporting yourself and you're just like this is all you do is create whether as a as a visual artist or or in music or whatever the case there's a lot of pressure because you've got to put food on your own table and you've got to pay the rent and pay the bills and everything else and i also think that if you're doing it part-time like i am there is also additional pressures around that or different pressures where you know you're trying to slot this in with your regular day job uh, if you have a family like I do, around all the commitments and requirements around that, and trying to enjoy your life outside of work, outside of creativity, it's really hard to sometimes separate the creative from the IRL, the in real life stuff. And uh, I, th- I think that's what's really challenging in being a creative, whether it's full time or part time, is, is having that separation. And so when you don't do well, you feel like, well, it's connected to everything else, so I'm a failure at so many other things, and uh, it, it's hard. What I've tried to do recently that's really helped me is I've tried to, if I'm finding something challenging, whether it's uh, a piece I'm working on, podcast, or uh, you know, I, I submitted for something recently and I got rejected. Uh, it was a creative thing that I reached out for, and um, I was bothered by that. It was like, well, but why? <laughs> I thought it was decent, and it doesn't mean I'm not. It just means that. Um, that thing that I submitted for and and me as an artist, we're not ready. And it's okay. Uh, I'm going to move on to something else and apply for other things in the future, and that's okay. But what I've tried doing recently is, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, and I've talked about it uh, when I was a guest on Bethan's podcast, that, you know, graphite is the core of what I do. And I think when I run into challenges and things that bother me, I'll just sit down and sketch. Even if I'm working on a piece and it's not working for me, pull out the pencil, pull out a pad, uh, go sit somewhere and just sketch. And I will sketch what's in front of me, whether it's my own foot, which I've drawn so many times, Um, or it could be a tree. I love drawing bark. That time allows me to become centered again. And you may have something else. You may uh, pick up a brush with with one or two colors and throw it down on the canvas, and that's what you do. You may listen to music. There, there may be other things that we do, and I think just finding, you know, that recipe for recovery, whatever it may be, and being able to walk away from the thing and moving to that to that uh, comfort zone. And you may not have found it yet. And I, I think that while you create and while you a struggle to create, you need to be able to find that kind of recipe for recovery for yourself. You know, is it a walk in the woods? Is it a quiet time in a special place? Is it uh, being out with friends? Is it chatting with someone important in your life? Whatever you need, you need to be able to find what those are. And it may be more than one. 
It may be that you listen to this one album and that and that centers you again. It could be that it's yoga. It could be that it's a squash uh, match. Or it could be like me, uh, sketching on paper with a pencil. And, you know, I also go sit in the woods, <laughs> and that helps to center me as well. I try and clear my mind, and it helps me to, I, th- I think, understand the relevance of what I'm doing, whether it's the podcast, whether it's my day job, whether it's my role as, as a partner and a, and a husband and a friend and a father. We have all these roles that we have to take care of, but you have to take care of number one first. And um, for me, it's, you know, I, I have found these couple of elements, I think, that that are important. And it's not to say that the negative never happens, but I try and come back to this. And I'm talking out loud about this because I'm not always great about this. You, you end up with in a bit of a slump and you can't get out of it. And what I'm trying to do is when I'm not sketching, I leave my pencil and pad out in a prominent location, pencil on top of the pad as almost my my lifeboat, like a reminder to myself that no matter what happens in my day, I've got that. Over in the corner, I've got that, and I'm pointing to it right now. So find that, latch onto it, confirm it. If you're living with someone, tell that partner that that's what you're going to need to do. And so they are aware that this is your recipe for recovery. This is where creativity comes from. That's how you feel your well. However you want to reference it, let them know that that's what you need, and that's how you do it. Because uh, I think there's tremendous value in doing that. And you don't have to share, like if you're like me and you sketch, I don't share all my sketches. It may seem like I do, I do not. There are things I just throw down for the purpose of just drawing. And I mentioned it when I spoke to Beth, and you know, sometimes I'll just draw a circle and see what comes of it. But for me, it's it's I just want to sketch something, and I don't have to share it. My intent is more so to help center me. It's not to create something. And so I do look at it a bit differently, but uh, you know, hearing graphite pencil on paper is is just music to my ears. You know, one of the other things that I did recently, which which I'll talk about later, is is drawing with other artists on Instagram. For me, that that's been really helpful. And you know, it may not be within the realm of all of us to do that, but being able to sit and draw with somebody who's focused on drawing as well is really cool. Uh, being able to have those conversations while you're creating, no pressure, drawing different things or drawing the same thing, it doesn't matter. But this opportunity to sit down with other artists and draw, and uh, it can go quite well. If you find that maybe that isn't the best audience, then reach out to some artists you know and see if they want to do something through Zoom. Uh, So you can have a special kind of call with one friend, two friends, five friends, and you all decide that you're going to create together, and maybe you're focused, the camera's focused on your work, maybe it's just focused on your faces. And you have an opportunity to connect to one another, and it could be once a week, it could be once a month, but it is an opportunity for you to sit down and be with your people, with, with, with those other creative minds, and sharing kind of those, those successes and those struggles that you've gone through, because it's, it's empowering. And I've seen more and more of that happening now, as I've connected with more and more artists that, you know, I, I think part of it is being able to hear these successes and, and hear people doing well. It's motivating. But when I've not had a good day, being able to go into these conversations with creatives and be able to say, I'm not in a good space today. And for them to be able to hear that and respond to it. And you can choose what you take in, but being able to have that opportunity to reach out to somebody is important. 
So if you just want to create something, get it off your chest, and you just want to share it with somebody, just send me a note, uh, send me a message. I want to make sure that we're all doing this for the right reasons, that we're in a good space, and that we can do amazing stuff. You are an artist, and tomorrow you will be better than you were today. And you just have to continue on that trajectory. And there will be times in life where you have to drop it for a month or six months because of other things. And that's okay. It's always in you. It's in you to find. It's in you to polish. You just need to get back to it at some point. And if you're doing it full-time, that is fantastic. If you're doing it part-time, don't let that diminish the importance of what you're creating and the joy that you receive around creating that. So please, if you are exploring this and you're trying things out, that's part of this. If, if you are not having success with watercolor or oil or graphite, you can't draw, then explore ways to either improve in those areas or move on to something else and you'll come back to it. It could be that you're drawing, but your superpower is in sculpture. So maybe try that. And it's okay to, once you find what you think inspires you, you can then devote time to you know, paying for classes or, or doing online tutorials or working directly with a mentor, then that's an opportunity for you to grow. But, you know, everyone may say you have to learn to draw first, but if that's not working for you, you may be, you know, intended for something else. And it's a matter of just spending some time on that and putting some real effort into it before moving on. But it may be that you need to be uh, focused on another area and, and you'll find that. So I encourage you to Make sure that you're looking out for number one, and that is you, that you're taking care of yourself, that you are giving yourself opportunity to enjoy those successes and to reflect on those opportunities that may have passed you by and to embrace those emotions that come from imposter syndrome and measuring yourself against others and using that as an opportunity to, to grow to find something positive in that day, that moment, and being able to move yourself forward. So I just wanted to share that. And once again, it was for me to say it out loud because I've had you know some challenging thoughts in my head about um, my own place in life at this point. And I wanted to share that with you as well. So we'll get there and we're going to make amazing stuff. And I want to see what you're doing. So as always, I ask you to tag me when you can, when you create, because I want to see what you're doing. And if you want to reach out and message me through Instagram or Twitter, go ahead, or you can use the form on my websites, which I'll mention at the end. But I want to hear what you're doing, and I want to see what you're doing. And uh, please share it with me, because this is awesome. And uh, I'm glad that we have this platform where we can connect, and I can share these stories, my stories, as well as the stories from all the artists that come on to the podcast to help uh, inspire you and motivate you to create wonderful things. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Inktober. Uh, So I've kind of decided not to do it. I have decided just based on timing with everything else that I just wouldn't have the capacity to give it a good go. I have done a few days. So I did do uh, watch. And what I decided to do was I just sat in a park and I drew a a tree frog on a branch that was basically watching me. (laughs) It wasn't in the park when I was drawing it. It was based off a, a photo I had taken. But I, I hadn't worked with ink, um, directly to ink, no uh, pencil sketch. So that was kind of fun to do. I hadn't done that in a while. So I was using my Sailor fountain pen with the Fude nib. That's the little bent nib. And I was using the Platinum Carbon ink, which is a uh, waterproof ink. And I had drawn it in my um, 
one of my sketchbooks from Etcher. And it was fun. It was nice to be able to go directly to ink. I usually draw with pencil first. And I've done this kind of thing before, going straight to ink. I think it's a bit, it's it's kind of fun. I've got to get back to doing some more of that, this idea of just uh, letting it go and just sketching with ink, especially with the food day, because it allows you so many kind of line widths and variations. It was just nice to scratch at the paper with some ink. So the other thing I did was an Instagram Live. And so Sam Gillett, who was a previous guest on the podcast, uh, suggested suggested this idea of getting together with him and Sarah, who goes by Gradients on Instagram. I'll provide links to both their profiles in the uh, show notes. So what we decided to do was an Instagram Live around Raven. And we kind of, it was, it was so much fun. I, so the focus was around Inktober, but I did it with pencil. <laughs> uh, I was just, I wanted to work with some pencil that day, and I, that's what I did. So I drew a raven. It was based off a, uh, a reference photo I had taken uh, some time ago. I think it was actually this year. Uh, we had some ravens out um, in our backyard, so this was based off of that. And then Sam and Sarah did some wonderful ink work. So we shared all our works at the end. We had a great chat amongst the three of us, and people were asking questions. It was just a wonderful time. And uh, what brought us together was this prompt raven. So I've done a few prompts. I'll probably do a few more through the month uh, if I feel I connect with a few of them. What I'm really enjoying is is all the work that everyone else is doing. And, you know, seeing your your works, whether it's Inktober or another prompt list for October, it's just, it brings me so much joy, like seeing what you're creating. And, you know, I know what's involved, right? I know there's this pressure to make something interesting, make something creative and share it. And then immediately when you post it, it's like, okay, enjoy it. You've got three minutes. Enjoy it for that. Now focus on tomorrow. And that can be really hard. But I want you to know that for those of you who've committed to doing this and to sharing it, that we love seeing your work and it is inspiring people that you may never hear from. So the fact that some of you have taken on Inktober or or Peptober or whatever prompt list you've chosen the fact that you're doing this, you're committing to something special that's helping others, but it's also going to help you in uh, doing something that is outside of your comfort zone. So hats off to you who are doing any kind of promptless for the month of October. So I wanted to talk about uh, Mushroom Ink. So I've done a few pieces recently, and I kind of want to talk about where this started, uh, what I've been doing, and where this is going. Last year, and speaking to Joe Brown, who goes by Bernoid on um, Instagram, and I'll provide a link to her as well. She last year had done some pieces where she was signing some of her prints with mushroom ink. And I thought, what a neat idea. And I think she's done some larger pieces around it as well. And I was thinking, I, I should do that. So this fall, when I started seeing these types of mushrooms popping up on my lawn, I was like, oh, right, I should try that. So what I did is I've collected some of these mushrooms and the, the, the type of mushroom is called a, a shaggy mane ink cap. I think there's two or three types of ink cap mushrooms, but in Ontario um, and in England, <laughs> these pop up. So I think there's quite a wide band around the world where these are, are popping up and available. What happens is these mushrooms come up and they look kind of quite tall as a mushroom. And then what happens is the bottom, their skirt kind of rolls up to expose this ink as they deliquesce or, or convert to liquid. And this is what happens with these mushrooms. So what I did is I collected some of these mushroom caps 
as they started deliquescing, as the, the, the ink started appearing. And what I did is I took them and I put them in a container in my fridge and I let them sit there for about four days. Then what I did is I took them out and I got a strainer, which kind of has the, the holes the size of maybe like a tea diffuser. It's a very small strainer. And I pushed them through the strainer to kind of extract all the ink. And then what I did is I added about 20% vodka to it to help. And I, I just found this online. It helps to, I guess, try and preserve the ink. So that's what I did. And uh, then I started drawing with it. So I've done, I think, three complete pieces. I did a thank you card, which I'll talk about. And then I did, uh, I'm working on a larger piece now. Now, if you want to see kind of the last step where I take the mushroom liquid out and push it all through, there is an Instagram live I did around that. So if you want to watch that, you can see me going through that process. The one thing that I did do differently on the, so I've made two batches. The, the second was, was uh, much larger because there was two kind of containers of mushroom liquid. I did boil it for about 10 minutes and that removed about, so I had about 350 milliliters of liquid. I brought that down to 250 and then I added the vodka. So I did that a little bit differently because I found it was a bit too watery. So I boiled it down a little bit and it was quite a, an intense mushroom smell in the house, I have to say when I did that. But I let it cool and I poured it in a mason jar and um, added in the, uh, the 20%. It was ended up being 50 mils of vodka. And there we go, it sits. Now what I find is if I let it sit for a few days, the heavier stuff, the thicker liquid sits to the bottom. So I, I'm considering kind of removing the top layer, almost like taking the fat off a of gravy. But uh, I'm probably going to pull some of that off the top, I think, so that as I shake it before I use it, I'm, I have a more, uh, a, a, not a thicker, but a darker liquid that I can work with. So that's how I made the mushroom ink. So I've had a lot of questions about what am I using, what brushes am I using, you know, what paper, that kind of stuff. So the first three pieces I did, and I'll link to all of them in the show notes, they were all done on cold press paper. I had drawn them all on, uh, I think it was 7 by 10 inch arches, cold press paper, uh, the blocks that you can buy. And that helps to kind of stabilize it as the water is acting um, or the liquid's acting on the paper. And so that's what I've been using to do the first three pieces was the cold press paper. And I've been using some Rosemary & Co. Uh, brushes. So I used a, an R10, I think. I'll include link in the show notes to these. Um, so this is a travel brush. So you can kind of collapse it back into itself. And so I use that for urban sketching. And I also have a rigger from Rosemary & Co. that I use for the same reason. And so that's predominantly my two brushes that I've been using for all of this. And they've worked really, really well. So what I found in using the mushroom ink is it acts not so much like an ink. It's kind of a mix between an ink and a watercolor because it, it does take multiple, multiple applications to be able to bring the darkness up. So, you know, if you want to get a really, really dark edge to something, you're going to have to hit it a few times and it will activate really quickly. So if you come, you know, if you leave it, let it sit for a day, let's say, and you come back with more ink, it'll activate the layer below it quite quickly. Not as kind of slow as, as watercolor. Watercolor you can get away with if you're quick with it, but this really activates very quickly. So I found that was kind of a challenge in doing all of this. What I noticed, and, and this is just me being lazy, <laughs> so what I do is I use a deviled egg tray. 
it's kind of a ceramic tray you can buy at the dollar store, and that's where I hold my, if I'm doing watercolors at home, or whatever the case, that's where I hold my little uh, bits of, of paint. And what I did is, is I was kind of separating the ink out, because um, as you pour it into these little deviled egg trays, you can see the separation where the darker stuff falls to the bottom. So what I did one day is I didn't clean up, I just let them sit. I went back the next morning, and I noticed that it looked like almost like a watercolor pan of dried paint. It was this black, dried bit of material at the bottom. And what I noticed then is I could just dab it with a little bit of water, and it would activate, and it would be really, really dark. Now it's concentrated. And I didn't realize I could do this. So now, intentionally, I am leaving some ink in the trays such that when I come back to, to it the next day, I can use the ink that's in my container, but I can also use this ink that's sitting in the tray if I really want the dark areas. So that was something that I, I discovered and, and was able to do, and uh, that really helped me with kind of the lighter pieces I was doing. So um, one thing I wanted to mention, though, is back on the, um, when I was doing the, uh, the Instagram Live and creating the ink, I actually did a thank you card for the, for the mushrooms. And I, as soon as I pushed the ink through, I took that material and I started drawing this thank you card. Because I don't think I mentioned it, but this, this ink is actually containing all the spores from the mushrooms. So my thinking was, I'm going to write a thank you card. I'm going to draw something. And I'm going to write on the inside a thank you card to the earth, to the mushrooms, for contributing uh, what they have. And I'm going to bury that card. And I'm curious if mushrooms are going to come up next year. So I don't know if this is going to work. It's paper. It's ink. This was before I put in uh, the vodka. So I don't know what will happen, but uh, we'll see. And so I'm going to um, be planting this thank you card in and see what comes of it. And and so the, the last piece I'm working on is a much more complicated piece. I was going to draw a mushroom on a, a log that had fallen. I had taken this picture out on a walk. And then I started thinking, well, I'm going to add a little bit of darkness to the background to make the, the mushroom stand out. And then I decided I'm going to add a forest floor. So I've just added <laughs> four or five hours to this project, I think, in drawing this forest floor behind the mushroom. So it is a larger piece that I'm working on. But with this and the other pieces, I am going to be selling the originals through my shop. I'm not sure when but I will be doing that soon. If you want to be kind of aware of when that's happening, uh, you can follow my newsletter. I will announce it there probably first, if not on here. And uh, I will also be selling prints of the pieces as well. I don't know how long this ink will last. I'm going to be looking at, at whether I can spray a fixative that I use for graphite on this that will help kind of preserve the ink. I don't think it's as acidic as something like walnut ink, which I understand can be quite acidic and hard on paper, but I'm using a 300 GSM paper, so it's a very heavyweight paper. And I should say as well, that last piece I was talking about, I'm doing on hot press instead of cold press. My hope with the hot press is I can try and get a bit more detail without having to struggle with the texture of the paper, which is wonderful, but I, I want a little bit more detail out of it. So back to the acidity, I'm not sure how long these will last. People seem to have had positive kind of success. I think adding the 20% vodka will help in, in managing this. The walnut ink is something that I've recently found out about, and we have a walnut tree. We were collecting the walnuts, and then we left them out, and the squirrels figured, ha <laughs> I'm taking all your nuts. So that's what they did. But I am, I think, next fall going to collect these walnuts and try and make walnut ink, which is a lot more involved. You know, with the mushroom ink, as I was talking about earlier, you just let it sit in a fridge for four days. With the walnuts, you have to 
let them dry out. You put them in something like a crock pot and you cook them on high for like eight hours. Then you've got to peel them and put them back in the liquid and let them sit for another 12 hours or something like that. It is a long, long process, but I think there's a longer history to using walnut ink to draw or paint. So I'm going to explore that next year. And I've had a lot of requests. People want the mushroom ink I made. I may give it to a few local people, but I'm not going to be trying to send this out over the internet. I've had a couple of artists reach out to me. I may do something with that, but I don't know. If you're interested, let me know. I may do something different next year, but it's fairly easy to make, and most of us will see these mushrooms. You know, maybe you'll get out and try some of this. I just thought I would share that experience. I thought it was kind of fun to use a natural ink. I really wanted a green, but I couldn't figure out beyond kind of boiling some grass as to how to extract the ink for uh, for green from something in nature. But I really haven't explored this at all, and I don't I don't think I'm ready to embrace using all natural pigments. I stumbled across this because I really admire uh, Jill Brown and the work that she's been doing in using the mushroom ink last year and just her recent uh, Inktober with all the mushrooms that she's integrating into what she's doing. She does wonderful work. I would recommend you follow her on Instagram. But that's what really inspired me to kind of explore this a little bit. So uh, I'm glad I did it. And I'm going to use up this mushroom ink on a few pieces and we'll see what happens next year. So for those of you who've been following along, thank you. Uh, for those of you who have not, uh, you can find all of this on my Instagram and um, my blog as well, where I've talked about uh, working with all this material. So the last little bit I wanted to talk about was just social media. And the reason this came up, and I'm going to be fairly quick on this, is when Facebook and Instagram were down recently, a lot of people were screaming and yelling for different reasons, and there was some disappointment and so on and so forth. And I started thinking about, you know, how many artists live just an Instagram? And are you relying too heavily on a social platform as your portfolio? And I think many of us came away thinking differently. I I have a different strategy, which didn't stress me out too much except messaging. But if you're sharing your work, and there's there's always discussions about what you put in your portfolio and all that. I'm not going to talk about that today, but where do you live online? Do you have your own domain? Um, if you don't, I recommend doing it. If you even, even if you don't set up a website, you know, grab your own domain so that you own it. But where does your portfolio sit? Are you in control of that? Do you own that material? I would highly recommend that you don't consider Instagram your art portfolio. That that's where you direct everyone. I mean, people go through a lot of effort to curate what they do on Instagram, and I can appreciate that. But I would recommend that is not necessarily the best location for your portfolio. You know, a website works best. Making sure that you've got that resiliency that if something like this does happen in the future or something happens where Facebook or Instagram change what they do, that you have a way to maintain your presence online and those followers. Because if you've got a hundred, a thousand, or a million followers on Instagram and something happens, they're gone. That's it. So I would recommend diversifying your presence online and considering at the bare minimum, I think that everyone needs a website of some sort. And from there, then you can add the next requirement, I would say, and that is a newsletter. The newsletter allows you to reach people in the most agnostic form of online communication. It is not bound to an organization. There is, there is no central kind of ownership when it comes to email. So having people's email addresses 
and a way to communicate with your followers is by far the best solution. You know, having a blog is a great idea because then you've got a place to tell your story. Having a portfolio on that same website is another place for you to curate and share your your material and your creativity. So I would really be taking what happened as a message to yourself and, and thinking about how you want to share your material online. And it, you know, I'm just doing art part-time, but I still have my own website. I have a separate one for the uh, podcast. And, and, you know, I'm acting like this is my full-time day job, but it is not. This is a part-time venture for me. I'm working hard at doing the best I can. And in doing so, I'm trying to follow what I think is is good business practice around having a um, a creative endeavor. So I would recommend, if you can, at least buy your domain today and consider a website in the future and then consider a mailing list. And um, also think about a blog uh, rather than using Twitter to tell your story. Um, there is an off awesome service called micro.blog. I've talked about it before. It's kind of like a Twitter, but you can integrate it directly into a website. So if you go look at mikehenley.com, those are posts I've made in microblog, micro.blog, which is a, has a separate community that see my posts almost like Twitter messages, but they also get posted to my website. So it's kind of short, sweet kind of mentions about what's going on, but I can make them longer form if I choose to. So I think the other thing just with regard to your kind of social media presence is is where do you post? Do you just post on Twitter or Instagram? I mean, many artists post on Instagram, some post on Twitter as well. Is that enough? Are you reaching the people you need to reach? I have so many artists and um, clients that I've reached out to that have no presence on Instagram. So I'm not even reaching them if I post there. So I've what I've tried doing when I post now is I try and find an appropriate subreddit to post my material. So if I do a mushroom, I may post to, because let's say I did it in um, graphite, then there's probably a pencil artist's uh, subreddit I could post it to. But what I end up doing is posting it in a mycology group, which ends up talking about mushrooms. So it's thinking about the materials by which you create your work and also the content. It may be that you're drawing a dolphin. And there is a group around dolphins, so maybe it's appropriate that you post there, provided they allow art. So thinking about where you post and reaching other people is important when you're considering posting on social media. There's Facebook groups, same thing. You're you're painting a dolphin. There are probably groups around dolphins that are either fans of dolphins, or there may be a group that is more focused around the science, and they would appreciate seeing the kind of work that you're doing. But once again, be mindful that some of these groups take a different approach to posting things like art, and considering things like YouTube as well, which is obviously there's an audio video component that's much more involved if you're producing those kinds of pieces of work. But obviously, you can reach a different group, a different audience when you're posting to YouTube. And then the final piece that's fairly new that I've been interacting with is something like Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces, where it's an opportunity for you to pull together with other creatives in a strictly audio format. And that is much more accessible to introverts like myself and to others where you don't have to prepare for it, but you can interact with creatives, you can learn from them. And uh, so I think Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces have a a big role to play in connecting creatives with one another. And I found that those relationships you create in Clubhouse end up transitioning to places like Twitter and Instagram and your newsletter and so on and so forth. So I'm not trying to 
necessarily give a lesson in social media, but I just wanted to share my thoughts around the, the recent outage and whether that's an opportunity to consider how you're presenting yourself online and how you're sharing your information and are you doing it in a way that is reaching all those important fans and other creatives uh, around the work that you're doing. So I'm hopeful you enjoyed this episode, found it interesting, have some takeaways that you can maybe apply against your creative practice. And I'll be back with the next episode with a guest as we head into uh, what ends up being winter in our area. So (laughs) I'm going to ensure that we have a new episode every two weeks so that as it gets colder and we sit inside by the fire that you have uh, this podcast amongst many others to listen to. So with that, as always, the show notes, including links to everything I spoke about, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 64. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help surface the podcast for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Be kind to yourself and each other, and keep drawing.